It's a Liverpool-themed show today as we discuss the Reds' title triumph. Taken them 30 years, but Liverpool finally clinched the English Premier League title last week. We look back at the defining moments, the players of the season, and what's next for Jurgen Klopp's rates. And then we get in-depth with our guest on his youth football days and his foray into coaching. Hi and welcome to the final whistle. This is Deepan. I'm Kabir. Gabriel, finally, Liverpool won the title after 30 years, I have to say again. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, have you gotten over it? I actually got over it yeah, during the circuit breaker. I just told myself, it's going to happen. So, yeah, it happened. I'm okay with it. <laughs> and just annoyed with the fans online. We, we'll come to that later about getting annoyed with fans online. Uh, we had to have uh, a Liverpool, a former pro in Singapore who is a Liverpool fan. Uh, we wanted to bring a Liverpool fan to discuss the title-winning season so far. And uh, we have the great pleasure in introducing Jeffrey Lightfoot. Jeff, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. You've Thank been, you so much. Uh, good you. to hear. Of course, um, let's talk about Liverpool's title-winning season. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I think even last season, they were they, they went agonizingly close. Uh, but this season, finally, they have clinched it. Uh, for you as a Liverpool fan, how has the feeling been? Uh, did you expect to win the title this year? I think after what happened last season, I think it was always going to be tough to replicate what happened last season. 97 points, second place. I think at the start of the season, I wasn't wasn't sure whether they would pick up the pace and even go one step further. But uh, And also, they didn't really make any major signings to, to improve the squad. Mm-hmm. So at the start of the season, I felt, I don't, don't, really, don't really know. But then, uh, as the season went on, mm-hmm. a bit more belief came in, you know, the, the the way they were playing and everything. So, yeah, very, very happy for it to to come to this after 30 years. I mean, for myself, I'm only 25, mm-hmm. but I think the older, older fans have yep. been waiting for 30 years for this, especially people like my dad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good, good time to be a Liverpool supporter. From your perspective, because you guys won the Champions League very recently, How's the feeling like when you win the Premier League and the Champions League as a fan? Uh, which seems more important to you? Uh, I think both just as important because mm-hmm. it's a major title. But I think for Liverpool fans, the the Premier League has always been that title that we couldn't really get to. Mm-hmm, yeah. It was always, we got second place and then we faltered, went down again, mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. So to finally get that title out of the way, I think it's... It's a very big achievement considering uh, where we were maybe four or five years ago when we had the likes of, I don't know, all these players who are not really up to scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the way that Klopp has transformed the team, I think it's really, really, a really good sign for Liverpool. Uh, in terms of when Jürgen Klopp first came into Anfield, did you feel that this was a manager that's probably going to take you back to the top? Did you have that feeling straight away or... Uh, when did that moment arrive for you that you realised, okay, maybe this German guy is the guy for us? I mean, 
for myself, I mean, I, I knew knew about him from from his time at Dortmund, mm-hmm. and the way that Dortmund played at that time was very exciting football. Mm-hmm. I think they even, I mean, they beat uh, Bayern Munich to the title a couple of times. So the way they were playing football was quite refreshing. Mm-hmm. So the idea of him transferring that philosophy into the the Liverpool Liverpool team at the time mm-hmm. was quite exciting to to think about. But right at the start, the the players that we had, I don't, I didn't think that yeah. they would go to the level that we are now. Mm-hmm. So it's it was always going to be a long process. But with the right coach, I think they picked the right coach. Obviously, mm-hmm. who understood the club, mm-hmm. understood the the identity of the club, the the stature of the club, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was. I think it was a perfect match. So from then on, I think he made very good signings, mm-hmm. like some shrewd signings, some signings that I think rival fans thought, why why is he making this these kind of signings? Like yeah. like Robertson from from Hulls oh, yeah. signed for eight million from yes. a relegation club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wijnaldum from Newcastle relegation club as well. Yeah. So he transformed these. I wouldn't say mediocre players, but good good ish players and made them into. To very very, very good players, mm-hmm. and also at the same time he 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 managed to pinpoint key areas in the team where he needed to 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 improve, like mm-hmm. Van Dyke, Allison, Fabinho, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, it's just made a very complete. Okay, I wouldn't say complete, <laughs> but a very 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 solid team and squad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so far this season, um, in terms of defining moments, yeah. uh, would you pick out one or two moments as the defining factor to push Liverpool towards the title? Um, I think the season as a whole has been a really excellent season. I think mm-hmm. a lot of Liverpool fans can say that they they haven't seen a team like this in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of turning points or defining moments, I think there wasn't any point in time where we we were like, uh, how to say? Uh, it really changed our season. It mm-hmm. was it was more like a gradual thing. Like we were just getting better mm-hmm. and better and better. But if I had to pick a couple of games, I guess the first one would be the Sheffield United game away. The one nil win. Yeah, the one nil win. So that was the first game. I think we were really tested. Yes, and Liverpool like, scored courtesy of a uh, Dean Henderson howler. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so Wijnaldum, it was a volley. Wijnaldum mm-hmm. went through the keeper's legs. I yeah. think, but that was the first game where mm-hmm. I felt that against a team in a low block mm. it was quite quite difficult for them to mm. to break through and create chances so that and also the united game away mm-hmm. where we we conceded a goal which wasn't supposed to be allowed yeah because uh, origi i remember that game very well yeah. <laughs> origi was fouled at a uh, halfway line like, and yeah. i think they played on and rashford scored mm-hmm. so that was a bit of a like, i would say a down down period mm. and Lelana came on and, and scored equalizer. So that showed that these two games, it showed that the team had that fight, that, men, that mentality to, to, to win games. Mm-hmm. And over the course of the season, there were, of course, uh, a number of times where we were we conceded and then we came back to win the game. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of like last-minute winners. Yep. So it showed that the team was not quite like teams of, of the past where we would just fold and lose or draw games. We, mm-hmm. we were actually... Coming through these games and winning, winning well, mm-hmm. and I would say the other, the last two games, which which I which I felt that was really the moment where I really believed that Liverpool were going to win. The first one was the the Le- Leicester City game away. It was four nil. Four nil, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was I think uh, it was the week of the World Club Cup. 
uh-huh. we just came back and from that so I, uh-huh. I thought it would be a, a bit tough for them to you know keep the momentum going but they did so and they it was a first against second kind of kind of match mm-hmm. Liverpool and Leicester first and second at the time and yeah they really they really showed their class in that game mm-hmm. and of course the icing on the cake I think was the the <laughs> again the United game <laughs> at home <laughs> the one with Salah Salah scoring at the end mm-hmm. from Alisson's long ball yep. so I think that was the moment where I really believed like okay this this team would, would go on to to finally secure the title after after so long mm-hmm. one thing i remember about this season was a particular game in in november i think yeah. uh, liverpool were away to aston villa yeah. and i think with 3 minutes left aston villa was still leading the game 1-0 yeah, but then, somehow after these 3 minutes uh, including um at that time of about 3 4 minutes yeah Liverpool actually won the game 2-1. Uh, I think Sadio Mane scored the eventual Yeah, winner. so yeah, Robertson yeah. got the, the, equalizer. the equalizer. Yes, correct. So and then where Mane. do you think this <laughs> hunger and um, commitment to play till the the referee blows for the final whistle comes from? Yeah. Even when there's three minutes left, even when there's four minutes left, Liverpool just somehow find a way to win the game. I think it comes from, from the manager. Mm-hmm. I think the manager instilled a lot of belief and that sort of mentality amongst the players. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit similar to United under Sir Alex Ferguson, like mm-hmm. we all know Fergie time. Yeah. So they will keep they will keep pushing and pushing and they they just believe in their ability. Mm-hmm. It's happened a lot to United and it's happening now with this Liverpool side. So I think it really boils down to the team mentality which comes from the manager. Mm-hmm. So again, as I said before, I think it's a perfect match between the the club and the the manager believing in 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 all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the comments on from the fans, <laughs> Kabir, I want to bring you in on this. But uh, let me just start off by saying, of course, uh, in terms of Liverpool FC, the club, uh, the squad, the the manager, just want to share a personal story. So I was in um I was in Qatar for the Club World Cup uh, earlier this year. Was that the one where you took photos with Zavi? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> good luck. So. <laughs> But, but the thing was, uh, one thing I noticed and I, and I spoke to Andy Robertson, uh, Virgil van Dijk and Jurgen Klopp uh, while I was there. And I realized that they seem very different from other professionals in the industry where they don't have any airs about them. They are very nice to speak to. And as a Manchester United fan, uh, I find this surprising because even through videos on YouTube, uh, through in post-match interviews, you kind of, it's hard to hate them, you know. It's yeah. for, I've grown up hating the likes of Steven Gerrard, mm. uh, Rafa Benitez, <laughs> yeah. uh, Fernando Torres, you know, just, you just don't like the, demi- like Jamie Carragher, one prime example. <laughs> but for some reason, it's very hard to hate the likes of Andy Robertson, Virgil van Dijk, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Like, they, they have this kind of, um, I would say, humility about them. So, I wouldn't go as far as to say I love the squad, but I think that it, they are a squad who are very hard to hate. From your perspective, do you feel that Liverpool fans, especially locally, uh, spoil it for you? <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. They do a lot. Um, I don't think that Liverpool don't deserve the mm-hmm. title. They definitely deserve the title. Mm-hmm. They've been so good. They've been doing whatever that was that that is needed to do for the for to win the thing. Mm-hmm. But the fans, my <laughs> God, how? I've been receiving. Okay, I'm I'm a very I'm a very loud person on Facebook. Yeah. Just on Facebook because I I have a few friends who are really <laughs> crazy on on Facebook, uh, Liverpool fans. Yeah. So I've been I've been attacking them, sat, <laughs> like very subtle comments, <Yeah. laughs> and I've been receiving the stup- 
stupidest comments <laughs> on my phone. But you have, you have to understand, like, yep. we haven't won in 30 years and mm-hmm. we've been getting lots and lots of stuff <laughs> over the years. Yeah, so, but, okay, so I want yeah. to get your perspective on that. The yeah. fact that uh, you have been receiving flack from fellow fans and I'm yeah. very sure most of them are United fans seeing yeah. how you guys have not won for, for this certain number of years. Have you always been waiting for this moment in a sense where you couldn't wait for Liverpool to win the title so you could shut these people up? Hold I on. Mean, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but hold on. <laughs> from, from my view, if you win the title, just go concentrate. You know, just go be happy at your corner. And, you know, you don't don't try to push the highlight, the, the spotlight back to United. Yeah. It's not United's time. Mm-hmm. It's not United's yeah. fans' time. Even for me as a United fan, I'm giving the full credit to Liverpool that <laughs> yeah. they did so well. They deserve it. Yeah. Go. But I guess I guess it's the I think that's the beauty of social media. You get opinions from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean everybody's entitled to yeah. their opinion. <laughs> I mean, I mean for from for myself, mm. I know when I was younger, like maybe 14, 15, 16. I was really, really on social media, mm. like really, oh, Liverpool, Liverpool. But then now, like, I realize like, it can get quite annoying to yeah. see people. <laughs> so I, I don't really, don't really post that much mm. about about other, other, other fans. Mm. Mostly just about Liverpool. But yeah, I think I think it's it's, it's you have it's like a give and take. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you you just have to take like all these comments from other. I mean, over the years, like the Gerard slip. I think until now, Liverpool. Oh. It's an overplay, overplay GIF. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's not, not for rival fans, but for Liverpool fans, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to uh, the player of the season for Liverpool. Um, I assume that whoever wins the player of the season is going to come from Liverpool. I don't see mm. anyone else taking that away from them. Uh, <laughs> but in your opinion, who has been the player of the season for Liverpool so far? Or rather um, this season? For this season, I think it's quite tough to pick because the team has played so well together as a team, mm-hmm. I think the only the only way that they were they are at the top of the of the table with that many points that that many points ahead of everybody else is because of the team mm-hmm. working together very well. But I mean, I would like I would like to see Henderson win it mm-hmm. as a captain. I think from where he he was when he joined twenty eleven until now, I think it's we've seen a very very big. Uh, difference in his in his play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he silenced a lot of critics. I think the past maybe one two seasons, mm-hmm. and this season he, I think he really, really elevated his game. You get he's a kind of player that you, you only realize how important he is when he's out of the squad. Yeah. So I would like to see him, especially since he's doing a lot of stuff off the pitch as well in mm-hmm. terms of like helping out during this coronavirus and everything. Mm-hmm. But in terms of play on the pitch, I think it's very hard to look past Sadio Mane. Because mm-hmm. I think the amount of times that he's scored last-minute winners and contributed very, very heavily to Liverpool's play this season, I think you can't really look past him. Uh, I think I read a stat somewhere that he's he's won 18 points for Liverpool this season, oh, which mm-hmm. which is quite quite a good quite a good stat for him. Mm-hmm. And considering the fact that you know I think he's been slightly overshadowed by Salah the last couple of seasons. Yep. I think this season was the, the really the year where he. Like sort of came into his own, came into yeah. his own, and really showed how important he is to the club. And I think, yeah, either one of Henderson or Mane should should win it. Okay, but I mean it's perfectly fine. Or I I could understand if people want to say Van Dijk, mm-hmm. or even Alexander Arnold. But yeah. I think Alexander Arnold will win the young the young young player yeah. of the season. Yeah. Okay. Before we finish up our chat on Liverpool, just want to find out from you, uh, from your perspective. What needs to happen 
to ensure that Liverpool now go on to build this number of titles, which means go on the next two, three years and keep winning the Premier League title and, and the domestic cups and European titles and whatnot. I think Klopp has built something from the ground up and I think he's built a solid foundation in terms of like the core, mm-hmm. the core of the team. Yep. So uh, he's tied down a few of the key players to like long-term contracts. So I think for the next few years, we ha- will have a solid core. Mm-hmm. But I mean, no team is perfect, of course. I think there's few key additions that that Klopp can make to make the team slightly better in terms of the, I mean, the, the squad better. Mm-hmm. Uh, left back, I think left back is something that we can improve in terms of uh, yeah. cover cover for mm-hmm. for Robertson. Okay, we could get another creative player, mm-hmm. number ten. Mm-hmm. So I think those two areas I think would be would be good to to strengthen. And I mean, there are a lot of I think there are quite a number of players who are going out of the club. Mm-hmm. I think Lalana Lalana will be going out. Klein has already gone. Yes. And I think a few other players like Shakiri, Lovren, a bit uncertain in terms of their future. Mm-hmm. So, and we also have some young players coming up. Mm-hmm. So I think either we let these young players uh, have their chance in the first team, like uh, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, and Nico Williams, who played the other day. It was, yes, very, it was very, very good. When he very came good. On, yeah. So, and Brewster was on loan, who's mm-hmm. doing well on loan. Mm-hmm. So these players could come in next season and, and do something. Either that or we can get one or two quality quality backup options. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the same time we can we can always sign Mbappe or Sancho <laughs> or something. But I don't I don't know whether that will mess up the team dynamic and all mm-hmm. that. But yeah, on on paper it would seem like a very good option to get Mbappe. But, I mean, but it's clear to see yeah. that you are hopeful that uh Liverpool this is not a one off you will feel that way. Um it feels it feels like this could be like the start of something. Mm-hmm. I hope it's the start of something. <laughs> So oh, yeah, man. I mean, with Klopp, with Klopp there for the next couple of years, mm-hmm. like, the belief is there. Yeah, right. That's the end of part one. When we come back, we'll chat to Jeff about his days as a youth footballer and what he's up to now. Welcome back to the final whistle, Jeffrey. Let's start with. Your young days, how did you end up playing football? Uh, was it something that your family pushed you to do or was it something you took up on your own? Uh, I started football very young. My dad my dad is a big Liverpool supporter, big football football guy. Mm-hmm. So he introduced me to football. Okay. Uh, he brought me to a few games at Enfield when I was young mm-hmm. and, and I was told that I was I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's, he taught me how to play football at a young age and I uh, started like training mm-hmm. in a way at I think six or seven years old. Mm-hmm. I joined this uh, football academy uh, or school called Rising Football Stars. Okay. That's why that's why I met uh, Coach Lawrence Lee, mm-hmm. who's Gavin's Gavin's dad. Gavin's dad, okay. So yeah, that's why we met him, and he offered us to join the Tampines Youth Academy at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to train where Tampines Hub is now, so okay. outside the Tampines, the old Tampines Stadium. So mm-hmm. we just were training there on Sundays. I mean, that so, small field. Outside. Yeah, just the, the field outside. How old were you then? Uh, seven. seven. So I, I trained with with Coach Lawrence from seven to about 12. And at under 12, I think 11 or 12, we we entered some uh, competition, uh, some Capital Land competition, which is, mm-hmm. was like a five-a-side uh, competition 
inside inside some shopping centers. I remember Lot One and Plaza Singh. So it was quite quite a fun fun thing playing mm-hmm. playing inside the shopping center and okay. all that. And from there, they did a bit of scouting. There were some scouts like the from from FAS mm-hmm. who wanted to form like a under twelve team to go to Saitama mm-hmm. to play in a in a competition. So that's where I was sort of scouted. I was asked to join this under twelve team. So that was where I met a few of the players that that were in the YOG team, mm-hmm. like Ilyas, Muhaimin, uh, Adam Swandi, who was a year, year younger than us, he was there as well. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of like the start of the of that of that group of players training together. Mm-hmm. Then after PSLE and all that, we got split up into the COE team and the sports school team. So the sports school team were on their own. Mm-hmm. Then the non-sports school team, I went to VS yes. in secondary school, mm-hmm. Victoria. So yeah, we were training separately until about 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, under 14, we were uh, going to take part in the Asian Youth Games. Yes. So that's where we came together under coach, uh, the late coach Siva. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, we didn't really do so well <laughs> in the Asian Youth Games, but we kept that team together and we were with coach Kade Yahya after that for the under 15. And that was when the YOG thing was happening mm-hmm. and all that. So I think that was probably one of the better moments in <laughs> our football careers. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we did pretty well at the Youth Olympic Games. We got okay. a bronze medal. Okay. And then from there, it's kind of, we didn't really kick on from there as a team mm-hmm. and also as an individual myself. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, under 16, we got a new coach. Under 17, a new coach, new coach again. Yeah. Under 18, a new coach again. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, so it's a lot of chopping, chopping yeah. and changing. But but before we move on to yeah. uh, those areas of uh, under 15, under 16 yeah. and so on, when you were younger, uh, yeah. I remember that you were playing in a very talented Victoria school team. Yeah. Would you say that uh, in terms of development when you were younger, uh, was it a fair balance of Victoria helping your development and also the national body? And yeah. how important was it that you were playing in such a good team at that point of time? A uh, good team as in the v- Victorian VS- school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the VS team was a very, so it was a good team. We had a good, good bunch of players in mm-hmm. there so uh for myself it was a it was a bit tough juggling like training because when we were training with the with the national youth team at the time mm-hmm. we were training every day and then for vs they also wanted us to train maybe two three times a week so it's a bit tough had to juggle between between the two between the two the two teams mm-hmm. so it was tough but yeah it was quite quite a good time mm-hmm. <laughs> playing football every day was fun yeah yeah. So how how do you get a handle of your studies when you're playing? Of course, handling this both, uh, I would say, going to training after school yeah. and then also training with the school team. How do you handle that? To be honest, it was very tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very tough to 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 handle handle the stress of you know juggling sports and studies. Uh, at that time, because I knew that there was the YOG coming up, so when I was in Sec two, Sec three, I really focused on my on the football. football. Because, I mean, the Youth Olympics, it only comes around once. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to focus mm-hmm. and do more training. So after school, finish around four, mm-hmm. three, four. Mm-hmm. I'll take a bus from East Coast to Woodlands to train at sports school every day. Oh, okay. So it was quite, it was a bit of a grind, but mm-hmm. it was worth it in the end. Yeah, after after we won the, the bronze medal. Was mm-hmm. it being called up to NFA, uh, the whole system that made you realize that this is something that you could end up being really good at. Was that the point where you realized? Mm, I mean, we were just very young young boys, but mm-hmm. at that time, 
because we had such a good coach who believed in us, mm-hmm. he was telling us like, this is the start of your career. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want it to be your career. So I think we were really, we really bought into that and we were really committed in training. I think that was the most committed the whole team we were because of the coach. Mm-hmm. The coach really, really instilled that belief, that fire in us mm-hmm. to want to come down to training, to want to work hard and, you know, be together as a team. So, yeah, coach really plays a very important, a very important role in the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 2010 YOG squad, uh, of course, it's a, it's a squad that's very well known among local football fans because they really had a lot of drive, hunger and excitement when they played at that time. Uh, in terms of your experience, how was that like as a player at the time? Uh, did you really feel the the fame? The, did you really feel that so many people were were looking at you guys or were hoping that you guys would be the next big thing? Uh, I mean, leading up to the competition, there was a bit of buzz mm-hmm. beforehand. Like there were reporters coming down and wanting to 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 just get some interviews done. So it was like very new to all of us. And mm-hmm. I mean, we never really knew until like the first second day of I mean, the first or second match that it was going to be that big of big of a, of a spectacle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was very young, <laughs> very young boys that back then we were like really, I wouldn't, we weren't, we weren't like, let's say we, in our heads, we weren't very big headed mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. We were just really in awe of everything. <laughs> like it was just the first time and yeah, it was, it just kept us, kept us going throughout the competition to like keep, keep working hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it at any time a distraction, the attention from the media? Mm, not really because, uh, I mean, our support system at the time was very was very good, uh, mm. the structure for the Youth Olympics. Because we had, uh, I mean, our coach Kade was mm. very, was a brilliant coach. He kept all of us in line. He, always, he was always telling us to be, be humble, you know, like always take things one, one step at a time, those kind of things. We had like a nutritionist. Mm. We had like a sports psychologist. So like they were really, they really took care of us at the time. And I think that was really one of the big reasons why we were very focused on on our football at that time. And yeah. In terms of uh, pressure when you were a young kid, because uh, I'm sure you remember a lot of people expected you to be the next big Singapore captain in, in the national team. Yeah. People thought that you were the next big star for Singapore football. Did that pressure ever get to you when you were younger? Did you ever feel like, oh, I have to live up to this? Or is it something that you did try to uh, distance yourself from? Mm, I mean, it's always, it's, it's always nice to, to hear that people are recognizing your, your efforts. But mm-hmm. at the same time, being a young boy, especially after the Youth Olympics, I think the team, we were broken up mm-hmm. into different, different kind of things and we get different coaches. So I don't think I got a lot of support in terms of a, like a coach mm-hmm. to like, you know, be guide by my you. side and mm-hmm. guide me and mm-hmm. like really better my game. Uh, I mean, it's not, not only, not only that, I mean, it's also part of my, <laughs> my own, uh, yeah, I didn't, I could have done maybe a bit better in terms of my own personal, like, working hard and all that. Mm-hmm. What exactly, do you feel that your um, drive dropped? Do you feel that the hunger wasn't there? What, what made, I mean, what it was, makes you say that you don't think you could have done better? I mean, I mean, every Singaporean boy mm-hmm. has this boy, boy or girl has this. Like you, you want to do well in something, but you also want to like fall back on studies as well. Mm-hmm. So I think studies played a played a factor because 
during the Youth Olympics, my studies wasn't very good. So I like tried to, how to say, like, catch up. try to catch up with, in terms of my studies. So like all these different things coming together, like mm-hmm. in terms of no guidance from the coaches mm-hmm. and wanting to also have a fallback option just mm-hmm. in case football doesn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, so this- it's a bit of these kind of things that made me now looking back mm-hmm. think that or if I really wanted to be a footballer, I would just not really uh, care about yeah. studying and mm-hmm. just really put all my mm-hmm. effort in football. But how does this yeah. change take place? Because when you were in the YG squad, you said that you wanted to focus on your football. Yeah. But then suddenly now, you you say that, oh, uh, I needed to have a backup option. How yeah. does this backup option come to your mind? In the sense where you no longer feel that you could make it as a professional footballer. Was that the case? Uh, I think when I was 16, we were going to the Lion City Cup. Okay. And I got injured quite badly and I missed the Lion City Cup for the first the first one. So I didn't play in the Lion City Cup. Oh, okay. Even though I was in the in the squad and all that, mm-hmm. I didn't play at all in the mm-hmm. Lion City Cup. Very bad injury to my to my calf. Mm-hmm. And then I felt that that was like an opportunity miss for me to like to show to show what I was about. Mm-hmm. Then 17, 18, I think yeah the team the team did really do it very well and I wasn't performing well mm-hmm. myself. So I think that that was a bit of like a switch in my mind like if I can't really get back up to that level that I wanted to be, maybe I should try and do something with my studies mm-hmm. and like get a backup option. So, yeah. so when I went to poly, I did media. Mm-hmm. I did media and I was quite interested in, in like media, media stuff like social media and like uh, just everything about the media, PR, advertising. So I, mm-hmm. I had a very keen interest in that. So that was kind of my fallback option. And yeah. Let's just examine more about the fact that you say, you know, uh, there was a change of coaches each year in the national body and all. Uh, how much of a part does that play in terms of a development for a squad? So when you come into training um, each year and you see a different coach, is it very hard to adapt again to his philosophy, to his training methods? How hard is it for a player? Yeah, I mean, as a team, as a young young team, young boys, you always want continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Elias mentioned in the previous podcast, after the Youth Olympics, we had like five, six months of no coach. Uh-huh. I think that was a opportunity miss. We could have gone on and like really pushed ourselves even further from that. Mm-hmm. And for us, I think a lot of the players felt that we were pushed aside after after the Youth Olympics. We were, we were like chopping and changing the coaches and everything. And it's tough because like Coach Kade wanted us to play in a certain way and mm-hmm. we did really well in that system. But when we got a new coach, he wanted us to play in a different way. And every year it was the same thing. So we were just adapting to what our coach wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit tough. Especially being young boys, we need like extra guidance to 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 do that. And yeah, at the same time, there was also changes high up in the uh, FAS. Yeah. Change of technical director, mm-hmm. new philosophy, new formation that you want to play. And that all boiled down, like trickled down to us as well. So we were, we weren't really... Uh, how to say, we weren't really told how, like the progression into professional football. We were just playing year by year what we're going to do this year. Without an aim in mind. Without, a, without an like a actual goal, mm-hmm. goal in mind. Yeah. So it's a bit tough for us. Yeah. So yeah. talking about um, changing of coaches, um, from what I remember, Coach Kade was, um, yeah. he left because of the comments by some parents, right? Was that yeah, something that, that really affected him or and the team or was it? I I don't really know much about what happened, but mm-hmm. I think there was just some 
disagreements between I don't know whether it was the parents or whether it was with FAS or I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when he left, it was it was a big blow to us because he was mm-hmm. a really big part of. Like we could see f- as a player from before the Youth Olympics and after Youth Olympics, it was a really big change in our team dynamic and the way we were playing and everything. It was a very, really, really big part of that. And I think everybody knows how how good a coach Coach Kade is. Mm-hmm. He still is a very, very brilliant coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as a captain at that age, at that young age, um, mm. how do you do you have to carry the team or mm. Pick, pick, pick the moral, uh, the 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 I tried motivation to, up. I tried to on the pitch, mm. like as a captain, you always have to try and motivate the the team, and all that. Yeah, I try, tried my tried my best, but sometimes you know, <laughs> yeah, a lot you of things know. on the pitch happen, <laughs> and you don't get the the results that you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking back, um, what would be your main regret, uh, from this time, uh, which means I'm referring to specifically the YOG days and when you were 16, 17, and so on. Are there any regrets, and also? If you were to advise someone who, another Jeffrey Lightfoot, who is probably 15 and going to the YOG, what would be your main advice to him to ensure that he goes on to give himself the best chance to be a professional footballer? Mm, I think it's all about how much you want it and Mm -hmm. your determination. You always have to give your 100%. Mm -hmm. You have to be self-motivated, I guess. And you also have to have a lot of support from your family. I had lots of support from my family. Do you regret, first of all, not being able to push on and become a professional footballer? Is that an assumption or am I right? Mm, I would say, of course, of course, you. that was my dream when I was, when I was very young, but mm-hmm. circumstan- circumstances change. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm happy with how everything went, but of course I, I would, would, would want to be a professional footballer. But now that I've found something else that I enjoy, mm-hmm. I think I want to stick to that and just do the best I can in that, okay. in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Great. Give us an insight into someone who has been training with uh, a, a particular football team in Singapore and then he has to enlist into national service. Yeah. When you're in national service, uh, how much of time are you given to go and train um, even in the gym or even after a specific day's work in during national service? Do you get to go to training? How does it work? What time? Uh, how long do you have to train? I think it depends on where your vocation is. Mm-hmm. Certain vocations allows you for they they allow you to go for training and all that. So if you're let's say you get a staff staff assistant role, mm-hmm. then you get the evening to go and go for training and all that. Mm-hmm. But I can't really say much about other vocations. But the vocation that I was in, I was a staff assistant. Okay. Because I I've always had a heart heart condition from when I was younger, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was a staff assistant. So at that time, I was thinking, oh, why not just try and you know try get back into Young Lions and all that. Mm-hmm. But there are some vocations uh, that you can you can you can do your training and all that. But mm-hmm. Some you really can't. So you so, were allowed to go to training when you were in NS. For for me, yeah, because mm-hmm. I was doing stuff stuff work in the okay. office, and then I was free in the evening. So I tried tried my best to get to get training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were with the Young Lions, I think this was when you were. Was it during national service that you were with the Young Lions? Yeah, it was during. My second year of national service. Mm-hmm. So, did yeah. you eventually go on to uh, make an appearance in the S League? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, just, what stopped training. you from doing that? In terms of, because I knew at the time you were yeah. training with the Young Lions, uh, along with a few guys uh, yeah. who were from the YOG batch, I assume. Yeah. What stopped you from making that debut? Well, I was... I contacted the, the team manager of Young Lions and asked whether I can just train and all okay. that and say okay yeah, you can come for training mm-hmm. and I was hoping that I would could impress during that time 
But as I mentioned earlier, it was quite tough to get mm-hmm. back to that level after not playing for very long. Mm-hmm. So and, you feel it's a fault of your own? Um, it was tough mm-hmm. because yeah, <laughs> I, I did my very best. Okay. Like in the evenings, I would go for training. In the mornings, I would do gym sessions on my own. Mm-hmm. So I got like a gym fit, uh, gym gym membership mm-hmm. and tried to, you know, I just tried my best to to get to that level. Mm-hmm. But yeah, somewhere along the lines, I got I got injured mm-hmm. doing these gym sessions. Oh, okay. And I like, really injured my back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was, uh, yeah, I was training in the morning mm-hmm. and then uh, a gym session in the morning. Then in the evening, I had another gym session. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did my back. And then I was like out for like maybe four or five months. Okay. Because uh, I think I pulled my back. Mm-hmm. And then from then, like, like, I, didn't, I didn't get anything from Young Lions. They just... Out of curiosity, who was yeah. the coach at that point? It was a uh, French, French coach, Coach Richard. Richard Tadi? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, let me just reverse the question a bit. If you were the coach at that point of time and yeah. you were seeing a young Jeffrey Lightfoot working hard in training and giving his all, would you have at least given him an appearance in the league to give him a source of motivation? Would you have done that? Because you're a coach now. Yeah. Would you have given yourself a fair crack of the whip? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I would have to see how well he performed. Maybe maybe I didn't perform up to scratch. That's why I mm-hmm. didn't didn't get the opportunity. But mm-hmm. From what I from what I experienced as a player, I tried my very best, mm-hmm. and I thought I I I deserve at least a a shot at a, a shot maybe, at the, maybe mm-hmm. one appearance at least. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't to be. But as a coach, if if you're saying as a coach, if you see someone working hard mm-hmm. and really giving it his all, his his all, I think you might you might give him you might give him a shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of friendships that you built from your days with the, the YG squad, I, I I know that you're still quite close with a number of them. Yeah. How important is it that uh that you realize and you acknowledge the fact that even though yes the footballing career did not quite make it, yeah. but you gained so much from being with them, being yeah. in the squad friendships for example. Yeah, I, I gained a lot of close friendships. Mm-hmm. I'm still in touch with a lot of the the boys from mm-hmm. the Youth Olympic squad. Mm-hmm. A lot of them I'm close with now, still still meet up mm-hmm. quite I wouldn't say quite often because of the <laughs> coronavirus yeah. now, but yeah. We 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 would meet up, mm-hmm. play some football sometimes. And I think the memories that we made when we were younger, we still talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Lots of funny, funny moments that happen in like training camps and mm-hmm. trainings and all that. And yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. We we went through it together and yeah, we have some things to talk about to our kids when we older, I guess. That's nice. Yeah. In terms of uh being with the Warriors, I think you were with the Prime League squad that you yeah. mentioned earlier. Uh, at that level, yeah. How much of a development do you make? Because uh, from what I've watched, the games don't seem as intense yeah. as your SPL games, as your as your S League games. Mm, do you feel like maybe that's an area where FAS can look at in terms of uh reinvigorating the lower leagues in the yeah. NFLs and so on? I think when I was playing the prime league, when I was in the prime league, mm-hmm. it was it was more like a reserve league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like there were still first team players who were like getting back into fitness, coming down and playing. So the standard was still was still okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not like the the S league standard, mm-hmm. but it was quite a decent level. We had good players in the in the league. Mm-hmm. Any regrets there? What did you learn? And did you uh, interact a lot with the senior players that they were in the squad? Mm, to be honest, when I was at the Warriors, I didn't really get to train much with the first team because 
I wasn't very fit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. At the time, I wasn't fit, so I couldn't, there wasn't a chance for me to go up into mm-hmm. the S-League. But we did get a few interactions with the with some of the players there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but my time overall at Warriors was quite, was quite, quite nice. Mm-hmm. A few of the players that were there were from the YOG team. Mm-hmm. We were playing for Warriors. I mean, the results weren't very good in the year that I was there. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good time. Okay, yes. how do you feel watching um some of your friends from the YOG squad playing at the at the senior level, yeah. and then do you? I I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say regret or do you feel like you could have gotten there, mm. or you know is there any kind of envy or jealousy? I mean, well, first of all, I'm very happy for them. I mean, mm. obviously they're they're my friends. Always like to see them doing doing mm. the stuff that they're doing, doing very well. And personally, of course, I would want to be there as well. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just more more of happy and proud of them that they like they made it into the the S League, and hopefully they get they get to push on even mm-hmm. even more from there. So going back to your Young Lions, um, the training yeah. that you had with Young Lions, um, you mentioned that uh you didn't you didn't think that you got to that level. What um what do you think was well what do you think that you were lacking? Was it the fitness or technical ability or was it just not getting there by uh, through the momentum that everyone else had? I think um, it was fitness. It was also a bit of technical and physical, uh, the the physical nature of the where where we're training and what what we were doing. Because mm-hmm. before that, I was just playing NFL with SEC and like the youth mm. football, and that was like the the young lines that were pushing onto mm. S League and all that. So the the pace was different. It was more physical. And yeah, I wasn't very fit to begin with. So it was always gonna be tough. Yeah. So let us have some perspective. Um from the youth level to the senior young lions team, yeah. which even though they are also considered a youth team, how far is that is that is that jump? From from, from youth from from youth level yeah. to playing in the S League or Singapore Premier League? I mean, it's of course it's it's quite a big jump. Mm-hmm. Like in S League, you're playing against men, mm-hmm. physical, faster, more technical. So it's a it's a big jump, and of course there are a few there are a lot of players that that do it, but some players they tend to struggle mm. with the physical aspect of the of the of the of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you think that having the li- young lions in the league, the senior league? Do you think it's a good idea, or do you think it's as a as a youth coach? Do you mm. think it hampers their development? I think in recent times, I think not not as good as <laughs> they 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 imagined it to mm. be at the start. Mm-hmm. I think it would be better if they were spread out into the different clubs instead of having one youth team. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, in terms of morale, if you're losing every game or like. Struggling every game is gonna be tough on the, on the players. As I think you you, you may have seen the the last couple of years, the results haven't been as mm. good. Yeah. Been so yeah, I mean, <laughs> if they <laughs> if they were spread out into different teams, obviously they will have the opportunity to train with better players, seasoned professionals. You know, you get to learn things like intangible things mm-hmm. that you don't really learn when you're just with your with your own group. Mm-hmm. If you if you go out and you're with Season professionals, you get to learn responsibility and like what it really takes to be a proper proper pro. Mm-hmm. 
moving on to your coaching stint, uh, how did your first coaching stint come? And uh, did you feel weird that at such a young age you go into coaching? Did uh, did someone talk you out of it? Did someone talk you into it? So how did that start? Uh, after this, after the Young Lions thing, mm-hmm. uh, I decided like. I want. I still wanted to do something with football. Okay. So the the natural thing was to do coaching mm-hmm. at the time, and my brother was coaching at JSSL uh, at the time as a goalkeeper coach, mm-hmm. and I was just asking him how it was, and he says it's quite fun, like coaching younger kids. You know, you're still you're still interacting with the the ball, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're still some some somewhat involved in football. So yeah. I thought, yeah, maybe that that would be a good good opportunity for me. So I just got I got Gavin's number, who was a is a technical director of GSSL. I just asked him whether there's any like part time coaching slots available. I would want to try try mm-hmm. coaching, and this was in 2017. Okay. So this was during my uni. When I was in uni, I was doing coaching part time, and then mm-hmm. from there, from the first session, okay, first few sessions, maybe I was a bit, I wasn't really sure what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But after a while, I got the hang of it and now and I really found enjoyment in coaching coaching young kids and teaching them how to which was the age group that you were coaching at that time I started with under fives okay. under six was very quite quite a tough job sounds I, uh, quite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean we were I mean all the coaches they they joke and say like the under fives and under six that's where you really really get started with coaching <laughs> were you there because no one else wanted to coach <laughs> I don't know maybe maybe but yeah that was where you really get tested in terms of mm-hmm. like your patience, mm-hmm. always having a smile on your face, making sure mm-hmm. that the kids are having fun with their football under five, under six. Mm-hmm. A very, very tough job. So those who are actually stationed there under five, under six coaches as like their full-time okay. job, you have to be very, <laughs> very, very, yeah. After good, that, good uh, with, did you stay yeah. all the way or are you still coaching uh, under five and six uh, now? I'm still with under six okay. sometimes, but I moved up to sevens, twelves, uh, mm-hmm. and fourteens. Okay, yeah. tell us also about uh, the different roles that you have with JSSL. Uh, yeah, so I started out as a coach. Mm-hmm. This was during uni, uh, and then when I finished uni, I was just telling Gav like I was doing media and all that, and mm-hmm. they needed some some person to do the media the media work for the sevens, okay. which is a uh, the a youth tournament that JSSL uh, uh, create created, I think, I think seven seven years ago is quite quite a big tournament in Asia. Mm-hmm. So they wanted somebody to be in charge of uh, getting the professional teams over mm-hmm. and the under sixteen professional teams over, and like basically being the point of point of contact. Okay, and also doing like social media for for the sevens. So mm-hmm. I thought yeah, it would be a good opportunity. It would be a good good place to work at because. I can do my like media stuff in the office, and at the yep. same time, after that, I can go and do my coaching. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be a good, good opportunity for me to do to do two things that I really like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so so I've been here two three years, and I've been enjoying it very much. I think it's a very very good good place to work at. Okay, yeah. going forward, uh, is coaching something that you want to pursue, per- perhaps full time in a at a professional level? Um, I mean, at at the moment, I'm enjoying it. Very much. Mm-hmm. Been coaching maybe close to three years, and okay. I think I've grown. I've learned a lot about myself as a as a coach. Mm-hmm. Still learning. Still, still trying to better myself. Hopefully, I think I see myself as a coach in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, of course, it's still still a still a work in progress. It's still learning. 
So, yeah, I do see myself as a coach in the in the future. So, are you Hopefully. excited to? Um, no offense to, of course, uh, uh, youth coaches, but yeah. in terms of your own development, uh, how long before you see yourself coaching a, a team at a perhaps a competitive level where maybe secondary school football or yeah. maybe even A division football? I mean. At this point in time, I'm just focused on trying to be better as a coach. I mean, I'm okay. sur- surrounded by a lot of good quality coaches at GSSL. GSL, mm-hmm. uh, like the likes of Siobeng, Coach uh, Rizal, mm-hmm. a lot a lot of former Singapore national players mm-hmm. who, are, who are coaching at GSSL. And of course, Gavin. Gavin is a very, is a brilliant coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has lots of good ideas, good coaching philosophy, something that you know I look l- really look up to. So... Yeah, I'm just focusing on trying to get as much information about coaching, how football, how football works, especially modern modern day football. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to learn, a lot to lot to think about, and it's, I think it's very it's a very uh, interesting interesting job, and I think something that I can really get my uh, my teeth stuck into. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Uh, before we let you go, there's yeah. a quick fire round. Five questions that we need an immediate answer to. Okay. Uh, first question: the toughest opponent that you've faced. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just basing it off like my youth days. Yep. <laughs> uh, from. Uh, you you could even lot, be in training. Yeah. I've played with a few good players, mm-hmm. but there's one player that I've always had trouble with every mm-hmm. time. Every time I played against him, it was during my youth days. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Ahmad Kider. He's not he's not playing at the moment, but okay. every time I played against him, uh he was in he was a year above me in mm-hmm. NFA. Mm-hmm. He was a very, very fast striker. Okay. And yeah, it was very, very tough to, <laughs> to play Kiri. against him. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah. your best teammate. My best teammate. Uh in terms of skill, natural skill, I think Hanafi. Hanafi. So he's I mean, he's a brilliant, brilliant player. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unfortunate what happened what what happened to him over the years, mm-hmm. but when he was on the pitch, he was really special. Are you still in contact with him? No, not not, not anymore. Not not really. I mean, okay. we did exchange a few texts here and mm-hmm. there, and yeah, but not really. I haven't really met him. Mm-hmm. Is he in a better place now? Yeah, he's he's doing pretty well. Still, he's playing football again. <laughs> okay, that's so, good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. But yeah, he's just technical skill, beating players, mm. creating something. And I remember when we were playing, we would always just pass the ball to him and he would <laughs> Let do him something. Do it. Yeah. Even in training, when, he, when I was playing against him, we would do like one-on-one drills. Mm-hmm. If you get him, he'll be like, oh, it's going <laughs> to be tough. He'll be turning you inside out. Yeah, tough, tough player to be Marking, playing against, yeah. but when he's in your team, you're, you're happy. Nice. <laughs> uh, who should Liverpool sign uh, in the summer market? Mm, I think realistically, Klopp will sign a a left back, mm-hmm. backup left back, mm-hmm. and creative number ten. Who I would like to see, mm-hmm. I would like to see. Realistically, I don't think we will get we will get him, but I think Mbappe will be good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we might get someone in the form of like a Jack Grealish or a Harvey Barnes, that mm-hmm. kind of player who can like step in when as needed. a backup yeah. when needed. Okay. Because I think the first team more or less picks itself. Mm-hmm. But some creative play in the middle. I mean, it might, some some say that it might not be the way Klopp likes to play his mm-hmm. midfield. He likes to have like workhorses in yeah. the middle, two number eights mm-hmm. and uh, number six. Okay. But, yeah. In terms of a uh, coaching idol, who is your coaching idol? 
<laughs> I think. Don't say Klopp, please. Besides I mean, Klopp. I mean, besides I like, the obvious answer. I like the way Klopp like handles himself mm-hmm. ar- around his players. Like he, mm-hmm. I don't know, he's always get, got his arm around the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would say Klopp, mm-hmm. even though, I mean, it might be a bit biased. Yeah. I think the way the way he's just done done everything with Liverpool, I think mm-hmm. it's something that we can look look at and just admire. What about uh, locally in terms of who who you uh, work with at yeah. GSL? Is there someone that you aspire to follow? I think Gav mm-hmm. Gavin is one of the top coaches. Mm-hmm. I think he's shown he's shown last year to for one or two years he's yes. been one of the top young coaches, mm-hmm. and I think that's the the route that I like want to take mm-hmm. in the future. I think. He's done so well uh, with the JSSL Academy, bringing it up with his own philosophy and all that. And he's brought that across to his Tampini's team as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just the way he goes about thinking about football. Yeah, he's he's a very nice guy to have around. You can ask him anything. He'll, he'll answer you. Any any football-related questions, he's he's amazing at, that, at all these theories and all that. So yeah, I think Gav, Gav would be all right. good. Final question, uh, your wish for Singapore football? I think uh, for Singapore football, I, I just hope that we get back to like when it was in the, like the Malaysia Cup days where everybody was fully behind the, the national team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just hopefully we just uh, improve everything from the ground up. Okay. In terms of the, the pathway from a seven-year-old, six, seven-year-old, like how I was, all the way up to the pros. Mm-hmm. There are lots of things in between that can be tweaked and can be improved mm-hmm. in terms of, like I said, the pathway, the quality of the coaching, support from the government, mm-hmm. FAS, everything. I think it. there's a lot of facets to it that everything needs to go well for the Singapore national team to be really, really successful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a long process, but yeah. Hopefully, in the near future, everything gets settled one by one. And yeah, that's my that's my hope. All right. It's been fantastic to speak to you. Thanks for coming on the show. We wish you the best in the coaching world. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for, for having coming. me. Yeah. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening and do follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. This has been The Final Whistle.